0: yo what up guys welcome to the great cave it's your man kovu got monty here as always
1: what up monty yo what up what up i'm good man play you know in the east coast it's kind of crazy over here we're getting we're getting a lot of snow man and in the next 10 days we're going to get 7 days of snow out of the 10 which is which is fucking crazy man yeah yeah but
0: i think you told me one time you don't care that much about snow like that. i don't like snow um i used to as a kid during christmas because like the last 5 years of my childhood it never snowed on christmas it was always before or after. And you know that song, you know, White Christmas and all that. But uh, ever since I became like an adult and all that, I don't, I don't care for the snow like that. Um, and over here, it snowed. It's not so much about the inches. It's, it's much more about like how cold it is, like way below freezing. People's water pipes are freezing. People's Wi-Fi's are getting cut out. And that sucks for people that, you know, work from home and stuff like that. So Um, I just can't stand how cold it is. It's really bitter. Uh, and in the Northern part of the U S uh, like I I was reading this one thing that said, they, the weather is so cold and it's below zero that, um, if they stand outside for more than 10 minutes without the proper gear, um, they'll get, they'll get like a hypothermia or something like that.
1: And, um,
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, man. I noticed that with snow, as you get older, you know, you start to hate or, you know, if it snows a lot more often, you you start to hate it because, you know, when you're when you're an adult, there's a lot more responsibilities Facts. and you you, you got to take care of so many different things. It, it's, as a kid, you have you get no school and you get, you know, there's like so many stories based around snow and Christmas and all that. And you, you pretty much kind of embrace it. But as an adult, it kind of sucks.
0: Yeah man, when I was a kid I used to I used to pray for snow days so we didn't have to go to school. Um now it's pretty much the opposite. I hope it doesn't snow. And um Yeah man, but bro, we we have we have a lot to talk about. Um and, and some things Especially like the I
1: first think, topic I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just give me the get to it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I am. But I just want to like make a quick overview. So we're going to be talking about uh, the Super Bowl, more so the reaction to the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl, too. We're going to talk about the allegations that Cardi B has stole her latest hit, uh, a song called Up. We're going to talk about Lil Uzi Vert. I'm pretty sure you guys all heard about him getting a pink diamond in his head and was rumored to be worth $24 million. Uh there's conservatives. I've been seeing conservatives on YouTube trying to do the rap thing and you know r- represent that MAGA lifestyle. Uh, then there's a silly rumor about Kodak Black being cloned. I don't have too much to say about that, but it's it it's something that uh I've seen a lot of. I haven't seen this much rumor or or, or skepticism towards uh, somebody being cloned since Gucci Mane got out like four years ago. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how how drugs have changed the way music sounds and um. And if it can go back to like that goat, what what a lot of people uh, call the golden era. And uh, yeah, then we are just going to wrap it up with, you know, a piece of media we've been consuming. So starting from the top, man, uh, Monty, are you an NFL fan?
1: Not at all, man. Not at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now even, even 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 though a lot of people they're not fans of NFL, they they might check out the Super Bowl. Man, I don't even do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like
0: the Super Bowl is a um uh, an American event where like everybody, I don't know, like for people that don't even like sports, they'll take part in the festivity, the event, the social element of of it. Uh me personally, I I'm a casual. I feel like I'm below a casual when it comes to to sports. However, Uh, I'm from Kansas City and seeing young Patrick Mahomes dominate so much and and start what could potentially be a a, a, a monster of a dynasty. I'm very excited about that. So I keep my eye on the Chiefs. Um, And this Super Bowl was a legendary matchup because it was the young GOAT, you know, Super Bowl champion of last year versus Tom Brady, somebody that's won six rings, somebody that didn't uh, uh, perform well, I guess, when he was playing for the Patriots for that last year, uh, somebody that left the Patriots because he didn't like the way uh, the Patriots organization was treating him, and he chose to go to the Buccaneers, and they were known as the Buccaneers. Like the year before, I think their their record was like eight and eight. They didn't even make the playoffs. One year of Tom Brady being there, and now they're Super Bowl champion. Uh, uh, he's a Super Bowl champion again, and this is the second time that franchise has won won a championship in the whole history of in the NFL. So. What Tom Brady did, what I'm, what I'm, what I want to say is, what Tom Brady did was legendary. This is his seventh ring, Monty. This ring makes, like, he as a player has more rings than any NFL organization. Um, and I was looking at the math. Somebody did the math on it, and they said the likelihood of, of, of a player winning seven Super Bowl rings is about as likely as you winning the 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 jackpot, the Powerball, if you bought five or six lottery tickets. Like, it's just it's beyond improbable to say what Tom Brady has done and call it improbable is like a vicious understatement. So, I want to make it very clear I respect what Tom Brady did, uh, uh, has done, and has done again. And before, even before, even if he lost his Super Bowl, he would still be a goat for a making it. with with one year being a part of what people call the second years, but mainly because he had already won six rings. Tom Brady doesn't have to win nothing for the rest of his life. Uh, He didn't have to win it this year for me to be like, yo, he's the GOAT, uh, and nobody comes close. Now, I think think Patrick Mahomes have giant potential, and where my frustration comes from is uh, seeing all the bandwagon fans. So suddenly, because the Buccaneers did dominate us, there's factors that play into it. But the bottom line is, the Buccaneers was was a better team that night. Um, and seeing people, seeing so many people turn on Patrick Mahomes. There's articles, there's takes on ESPN like, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes will probably never make it to a Super Bowl again," or "Patrick Mahomes isn't, you know, the the guy we thought he was." Uh, uh, just a
1: lot of bullshit ass takes, bro. Um, it's hey man, that's what it, happens when you get to the top, you know.
0: And oh yeah, it it, it is, it is, it is. But it only becomes personal when you when you care about the person that's being turned on. But I want to make it clear, though, Monty, A, I think they said this is the first Super Bowl where a a team, like, played at home. So the Super Bowl was held in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers were obviously in the Super Bowl. The refs were biased as hell, Um, you know, just from my casual perspective. And a lot of people that consume football 24-7, they said – man, those refs are tripping. Like the refs were like calling bullshit calls um, all night long. I also want to say that we didn't have like our our offensive line. We had a lot of injured first string players and my first string players are the best players on the team. So we had backup second string, third string players, like all over our team. Uh, Um, in, in football in the NFL Monty there's the head coach but then there's like the 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 other coaches like assistant coach the defensive coach the offensive line co- uh, coach uh you know specialized coaches well Andy Reid his son who I believe is is a he's he is the coach on the Chiefs but I believe he's the offensive line coach which is where we struggled the most at I could be wrong but he definitely is a coach I just don't know exactly which area he coaches in but there was a tragedy that happened so he was allegedly driving drunk like um, within the week before the Super Bowl, and he wrecked. And now uh, a five year old girl is in the uh, uh, CP uh, ICU. Like, so there's a, a little girl in critical condition because our head coach's son was allegedly driving drunk. Um, And so he wasn't there to even coach it, coach the Super Bowl. So, what I'm trying to say is, we didn't have a lot of our players were injured. One of our coaches, was allegedly drinking and driving and and, and and almost ended the life of a five-year-old girl. So, you know, prayers to the family that was affected by that. Uh, and we had, <laughs> we had refs that were biased against us. And then there was also plays, bro. The, the, the grass was so like slippery. I know this sounds like excuses, but it ain't an excuse because I already said that the Buccaneers was a better team that night, but I'm just letting people know everything we were up against. There was a couple of plays, Monty, where people, like, People were slipping on the grass, so like the, the 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 wide receiver would have caught the ball had he not slipped on the grass. Uh, and so it felt like the universe and the stars were aligned against us almost. And all I also want to say that Patrick Mahomes was playing on a damn near broken toe, and he refused to get it get surgery on it until after the game because if he got surgery, he wouldn't have been able to play. So he was playing on a, a basically a broken toe and. He was running a lot. You you saw him limping on the field. So our team was extremely compromised. And and people acting like this isn't a reality. It is a reality, bro. It's kind of like Kawhi Leonard in, a, I believe, 2020 when he won the uh, NBA championship. The Warriors team he was playing against, was it 2019? Uh Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. See, I'm slipping. But in 2019, the Raptors won, and it was, like, magical what Kawhi Leonard did in the playoffs and he was only there for one year, very similar to what Tom, matter of fact, Kawhi Leonard like did what Tom, uh, Tom Brady just did what Kawhi Leonard did in 2019. You know, he got he got kicked off of an uh, organization uh, and, and felt like the organization wasn't taking care of him. He went, uh, they, he wanted to go to like a, a team in the West, I think like LA Lakers or LA Clippers, but they sent him up North. They sent them to a whole different country. He did not want to play there. Uh, and that team, the Raptors had a new coach and everything and they won it all. But I want to say when they made it to the championship, they were up against the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant was injured. Klay uh, Thompson during during the finals was also injured. Uh, so Steph Curry had to basically, as a star, play by himself against, the, against Kawhi Leonard, and it was still very competitive. So what I'm saying is it's broadly accepted to like, you celebrate what Kawhi Leonard did, but he did not win against a Warriors team that was, was fully healthy. Tom Brady did not win against the Chiefs team that was fully healthy. So that, that that's what I'm saying. But, again, what Tom Brady did was very special. The Buccaneers' defense was tearing our ass up all night. Uh, this is the first game, I believe, that Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes didn't score a single touchdown. All of our points, the nine points that we scored, was due to field, co- field goal kicks, which are worth three points.
1: And um, Yeah, I was yeah, looking man, at that's... the score, and it looked yeah. very one-sided.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people predicted that it would be the other way around because we have the highest offense, like we have the best offense in the the league, generally speaking. But our offensive line was not strong, bro. So the defense kept penetrating the line, and you have Patrick Mahomes literally fucking – uh, walking on a broken toe running on a broken toe because nobody was able to get open. It was hard to watch bro. But Patrick Mahomes is still a goat. He still won the championship last year. And the year before that, his first year in the NFL, he went all the way to the AFC game, which he did. He lost to Tom Brady then as well, but that was, it's widely accepted. There, there was some faulty, a faulty call in that. And then overtime, he wasn't able to get the ball because the coin flipped and they gave it to the Buccaneers and they, and then the Buccaneers won. So, um, yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes is still very young, still very much a GOAT. Uh, people like to shit on teams that lo- lose in the Super Bowl, but not mention what it took to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and, yeah, that's all I really wanted to say about that. Now, here's something that we didn't, I didn't uh, tell you about, Monty, uh, because, I, I mean, I kind of forgot, but the baby's in trouble with Kansas City right now. Do you know about this?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. But so, I did hear something a couple months ago, but I haven't heard anything recently. So when uh we lost the Super
0: Bowl, Monty, I told you about Chicago slang that is now like universal slang for like gangsters and shit and music, which is you, you, I'm smoking on that blank pack. Remember we talked about this? Like when somebody dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their enemy will say I'm smoking. So the baby said I'm smoking on that Kansas City pack, right? Um, and oh, he was, of course, talking about the Chiefs, but he didn't say I'm smoking on the Kansas City Chiefs pack. He just said I'm smoking, I'm smoking on Kansas City tonight. I'm smoking that Kansas City pack. Boy, when I tell you that a lot of niggas in Kansas City did not appreciate that, like some OG, there, there's this OG crypt that uh, Brody knows who's well respected in the streets, um, and he was he was going off on live, and, and there's a lot of niggas in, in the streets saying that the baby cannot come to Kansas City anymore. There were people that said, "Okay, well, we smoking on your dead brother now," because as as you know, uh, mm. Monty the baby yeah, brother committed suicide. That's a that's a um, harsh comeback. It is. It is, and um. here's what I said to that. So, uh, I was talking to my engineer, Brian, who's from the Carolinas as well. And I was like, what do you think about this? And Brian said, like the street shit goes both ways. So you get credit for doing street shit, saying street shit. But at the same time, when you're, when you're a well-recognized person from the streets, you got to go by a certain code of respect. And and Brian felt like it was socially irresponsible for him to talk like that because of, because of his background. Um, now I look at it, the baby, uh, the baby, it wasn't, the baby didn't mean no harm he wasn't shitting on now i will say this is like the second time he got into it with kansas city because one uh the the first time monty i believe this was i don't know if this was a year or two ago but he went to a uh a highly touted restaurant called jamaican g's in kansas city and he made a video talking about how he saw a roach and he trashed like a city that a, a, a restaurant that a lot of people in kansas city likes to go to uh But that wasn't taken as serious because it's like, hey, if he saw a roach, he saw a roach. So it is what it is. It's like a it was like a a Yelp review in video form. That's what I was going to mention.
1: That's the story that I heard of, you know, the baby kind of putting down Kansas City. Yeah. So
0: that wasn't taken as serious as this, though, like. People, people want to hurt
1: him. And uh, but what what does he have against Kansas City, though? It seems like a feud between the baby and the city. Oh, um, see, that's what
0: I'm saying. I, I believe some of this is a misunderstanding, <laughs> understand it, right? Like he went at Jamaican G's, but he didn't say fuck Kansas city. In this case, he said, I'm smoking on Kansas city pack because you know, he's a, he's a street nigga and his team, the team he wanted to win won. And so he just said, I'm smoking on a Kansas City pack. Like, like, here's the thing. So Monty slang, slang is interesting because like, if it, even if, in sports, right. If, if a team gets dominated, you might hear somebody say, man, they got smoked or they killed him. Or even in video games, Monty, very competitive uh, player versus player talk is like, bro, we merch you. We killed you. You know, it's, it's, it's aggressive slang to celebrate a win. I think the baby was talking in that type of sense, not Personally, like fuck Kansas City. I don't I, I just believe this is just an unfortunate series of, of events. And um I personally don't take it that serious. Now I will say this. Uh I, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to assassinate his character based on this personally. Um and remember we talked about I, t- I told you about how much I love Chief Keefe and his growth coming from where he comes from, but Chief Keefe got in, in trouble. And he did something that was a lot more "quote unquote" egregious than what the baby did. The ba- you know Chief Keef performed in New Jersey. Somebody tried to take his chain, so then he made one of his biggest hits called Fenito. And he said, "Quote: I'm riding through New York, finna go and shoot New Jersey up. You tried to take my chain, I ain't going. We gonna come and blow New Jersey up." That pissed off New Jersey to a whole nother, like a whole nother level. Like Chief Keef said, "We gonna come and blow New Jersey up." That's nothing on the level the baby said. And I don't believe Chief Keef truly like feels that way I don't think he but he was very angry that he performed and somebody tried to take his chain but instead of directing it at that one person he just said we going to blow the whole fucking state up so yeah so 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 with that being said man um I don't know if that rap, rappers make mistakes too you know they're they're human beings um I'm not taking this super serious uh I don't think Chief Keef really meant what he like? What he said like that per se. Um, he was just very angry, and uh, sometimes rappers speak on emotion. In Chief Keef's case, he was angry that somebody tried to take his chain. And the baby's case, he was just super excited and wanted to express that excitement by putting down Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it just so happens that the streets don't, you know, the streets ain't taking it like that. And I. You know, I, I suppose I understand because, you know, when niggas come from a certain area, they come from a struggle, they come from a certain background and they hear somebody like they've lost. There's a lot of people that people love that they lost in Kansas City. So it's like, I don't know when you're in there. It's very personal to them. It's very personal to them. Um, and that comes from. Anywhere, you could say fuck Germany, the slums of Germany, and niggas will feel a certain, a certain way about that. So uh I get it, I get it. But um yeah, man, all I wanted to say is Patrick Mahomes is still a young goat. He was, he was the way he played, even though he was getting do- our team was getting dominated. Patrick Mahomes still showed his star power. He still showed the heart of a champion by playing on basically a broken toe, and he was still, he was still Monty. He was falling in midair and threw the ball. And it 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 was accurate as hell. It just so happened that the wide receiver didn't catch the ball, but he was falling in mid air, and he threw the ball, and it landed it, it hit exactly where it was supposed to hit. Like like there's some people that there's some quarterbacks that couldn't do what Patrick Mahomes did, falling on their feet with wide open. You know, so so he's very special, man. Very very special. He definitely deserves that five hundred million dollar contract. Um, and, yeah, I'm yeah he still made a lot
1: of money, man, we'll win or lose. <laughs> he made yeah, a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. yeah. But, so, uh, but but on a side note, though, going back to just, uh, just a little bit NFL talk, I know yeah. all the talk is about Tom Brady. And, and would you say he's, he's, he's the Michael Jordan of NFL? Or even because a couple years ago, I know Peyton Manning was, was the talk of the town because uh, mm-hmm. he was dominating with the Patriots, I believe. Yep.
0: Yeah, one of the only quarterbacks, I believe, to beat him in the Super Bowl or something like that. Um, so who, who's, who's, who's the best, though, when it comes to the NFL, just overall? Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. It's not even really a debate. But I'll say this. Um, there, there was talk, like, is he the greatest athlete ever? First off, Tom Brady's not even, like, athletic like that. He'll tell you he's not the greatest, quote-unquote, athlete. But if we're talking greatest champion, we're talking but, – but that's the thing, Monty, like – Because they're talking globally. Like, the conversation was, is Tom Brady the greatest, like, competitor in sports we've ever seen globally, right? And I think you might be able to make that argument if we're talking American sports, Monty. But, like, I I, I couldn't say that with with a pure heart. That's a tough discussion. That's a
1: tough discussion.
0: Bro, soccer is way bigger, or football, as the world calls it, is way bigger than NFL football, right? Or American football. Well, not uh, even just popularity,
1: though. Uh, you got to mm-hmm. you got to look at the, how each of the sports are so different than each other so it's very hard to measure which yeah, is the best. Yeah, I was going to get into athlete. that. I was going to get into that. It will take a gigantic multiple
0: scientific studies of to, to try to like boil down which which sport is the most difficult and therefore which sport you know, has the most dominant champion and and that champion being better than all the other ones. But sports are so different, bro. Boxing, you know, combat sports, uh, soccer, football. uh, uh, Even gaming.
1: Even gaming, in a way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think... That's the thing about esports. Like, I respect esports. Don't get me wrong. The hand-eye coordination that it requires, the, the 14-hour days training on one single map and all that, 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 I get, that gets a lot of respect from me. But you're going to have a hard time convincing somebody that physically exerts themselves that what they do is the same. Like, I, yeah, I, put, e-sports,
1: true, true.
0: I put esports in a different category because the f- level of physical exertion, like here's somebody that's overweight and obese can be dominant at a video game but they couldn't that that skill couldn't translate on football fields and basketball and all of that. Right. Whereas like LeBron James, he's dominant in basketball, but he has the physical prowess to be dominant in football. If he put his skills into that, or maybe soccer, if his stamina and and, and endurance is, you know, that high, which LeBron James is the most uh, uh, durable superstar we've ever seen. Like he's 36 years old and he's hardly ever gotten injured in his career. And, uh, so, yeah, man, it's hard. I, I I don't feel comfortable saying Tom Brady's just the greatest competitor in sports of all time, because I don't know about every sport and the level of uh, stamina and endurance and all of that type of stuff is required. But um, in terms of the conversation between Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, who's the greater uh, accomplished guy, I don't know, man, the seventh ring. You know, Michael Jordan won six rings, but he he did it. uh, He three peed it twice in the '90s. What that was was magical. But I was still a little kid. I I I was able to see a lot of Tom Brady's dominant performances, and I can't be mad at somebody if they say that Tom Brady is a greater quote unquote winner than um, basketball. Some would say football requires more. I don't want to say skill, but everything has to go right, right? Like with basketball, it's a it's an individual superstar sport. In football, your offensive line, your defensive line, your kicker, everybody has to be like on one accord. So it, I think it, it I don't know, it requires more uh team effort to consistently win in football. Whereas in basketball, you
1: got Michael Jordan on your team, you have a hell of a shot at winning. So So is there a chance Tom Brady could get his seventh ring or is he is he looking to retire pretty soon? No, he just got his seventh ring. Uh I think Oh, no, damn, he just not-
0: got it. Yeah, yeah. That this was his seventh ring. Uh but his eighth ring? Um no, he wants to play next year. I think he wants to play until his body his 43-year-old, 44, 45-year-old body says I I can't handle this no more. Yeah, man. So, 40
1: 40 is pushing it, especially at a physical sport such as, you know, football, football, American football. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um yeah, he
0: he wants he signed a two-year contract with with the Buccaneers and he just did his first one. So, um we're going to I guess revisit this next year, you know, he might retire next year after the season or might not, but he still has that fire in his eyes, bro. So I couldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to play for another five years, you know, um, he just has that mentality. So
1: yeah, man, congratulations. With the the technology and a lot of the body modifications going on, it it might, it might happen. A lot of players who are older, they might, they might get to, you know, line and make their, Make their career even longer than it is. So yeah, who knows, but,
0: but the, the, who knows, right? But the the rules would have to be reevaluated because things like body modifications and certain substances to help people are often banned. So, you know, if I say open NFL... it up, man.
1: Open it all up. <laughs> Just go crazy.
0: Yeah, but like I don't know, man. It, there's some about sports that inspires people that are like everyday people to know, like, man, a natural person did that. That person did that naturally, um, just with hard work and dedication. Like, there's something magical about that, whereas if you start letting in uh, steroids uh, and and all that, it it gets kind of wonky. However, I will say, if everybody took steroids or whatever, if you allowed that, you probably have more spectacle and and dynamic performances. No, not probably, you would. You would see more, like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds hit all those home runs, But he used steroids. But it was some of the most exciting. uh, uh, It was one of the most exciting eras of baseball ever. It just so happens he was, you know, cheating as far as the rules go. So I do wonder, like, you know, what if there, let's say, another league pops up, pops up that allows just no holds barred. Everybody can use whatever. XFL
1: almost did that shit, you know. (laughs) Oh yeah, XFL was such a disaster twice.
0: But they Um, they almost made a comeback
1: last year, but with COVID they had to shut down. Man. Yeah yeah it is what it is man
0: vince mcmahon is still rich as hell he still has wrestling i don't feel bad um <clears throat> but okay yeah C- congrats to tom brady and shout out to patrick mahomes no this is not a sports podcast i am absolutely very much a casual i just try to call it how how i see it with these you know eyes or whatever um so the the the, the next topic i also kind of t- touched on with my uh with uh my engineer brian and um we had some interesting conversation with it. So, did Cardi B steal her latest song from a Camden, New Jersey artist? Now, what's interesting with this, Monty, is usually when allegations like this come about, I don't know the indie artist that the person is accused of stealing from. In this case, I know Mir, I've been listening to Mir Fontaine for two years. He has you know, two hits crazy, that I really.
1: Because he, yeah. he's from Camden, right? Pretty much very mm-hmm. close to me. And, you know, he he has some music videos where you could pretty much see. A lot of the areas in Camden that I've, been, that I've been around, and it's pretty crazy to see some this, this type of artist being in the limelight right now. Facts. Facts. And uh, I, I like his record Bodega, and I like his record Frank Ocean. Um, yeah, man. I love, I love that song, Bodega. See, it's so, not that it, street it, artist who, who only raps or has a certain you know, specific style. He can't actually sing, too, man. Which He's very melodic, which, which surprised me when I first heard of him.
0: Yeah, I think he has a, a project series called Melodic Monster uh, Part 3 or something like that. But what I wanted to say was in the history of allegations like this, a lot of times the indie artists don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to a fan base. So it's harder for them to convince people that, hey, that person, if you if, if your biggest song has like a thousand views or 500 views and it, you you have a similar sounding song, it's harder to convince people that, yo, that superstar named Kendrick Lamar stole from me. It's just harder to be convincing. Whereas Mir Fontaine, he does have a fan base. He's not an A-list. He's not a B-list. He's, uh, uh, I don't know about the C-list qualifications, but he's not the biggest, but he has put up major numbers. He has been doing music for a long time. Now, I heard it he was song, also under
1: a record label, too, at one point.
0: Yeah, it, it yeah, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I believe he's one of those artists that should be bigger than he actually is. He has a, a wide range of versions versatility and his approach is really cool um and he can kill a hook and on this particular record he wasn't singing he it was it was it was more like a like a like a chant record if it's up then it's up then it's up then it's stuck right and I will say this before I read into the story I saw Cardi B on Twitter going hard on defense trying to prove that I did not steal this record and and she said look I had this record on August 7th or or the first time Basically, she pulled up a clip of her on August seventh, I guess, singing some of the hook that that's on the song that just came out in uh, in 2021. But the the original record came out in August 6th, or the video upload from Mir Fontaine and Mir Peso's was in two thousand uh, August six, two thousand. That makes it even
1: more suspicious.
0: Yeah, because it could have been the next. We we don't know, right? But, yeah. but there's also the argument that Cardi B doesn't even write her own stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like you know, if her writers are scoping, I'm not saying taking, but just scoping the sound of what, what you know, the soundscape of music
1: today. Um <clears throat> now, I think This is what kind of happened in this case, too. That's what I'm thinking. But, you know, we're not sure. But that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. And so I heard the records. Now, the beat is different. uh The subject matter obviously is very different. Cardi B's rapping about, you know, being a toxic woman. And that, that's not my words. I'm saying like she literally has a bar about he can't handle my toxicity. Uh, it's, a, it's like a fun record for women that want to turn up and 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 shake that ass and all of that. Um, going with the narrative that, you know, broke dudes don't deserve uh vagina, yada, yada, yada. Whereas Mira Fontaine's record is a lot more of a, a street sound, more reminiscent of drill music. But the argument is like man did she take that record did her team hear that record and inspire her to do that now in her defense the term if it's up then it's stuck has been around for for a couple of years i, I from from since like when i first heard it it's just a cool catchphrase of like yo if it's up then it's stuck like if you cross that line then it's no going back <laughs> is that like a trainer? what's going on okay yeah um was I saying? Yeah. So that that term, that phrase was already popular. If it's up, then it's stuck. If you cross that line, then you know there's no uncrossing the line. Um, so I'm actually surprised it hasn't been put in a hook on any song like that I've heard earlier than this. This is, I'm, I'm surprised it actually took this long. Uh, so I'm not saying that there's not a possibility that somebody would put that in a hook, and uh, somebody else that's more famous than the first person that did it uh, uh, could have just came up with it by by themselves um i i can't really make heads or tails of it man but one thing i will say is that people in the industry does have do have eyes um and or uh, eyes and ears on on things that that are going on in the music scene so if she did do it or if her team did get quote-unquote inspired let's use the word inspired by mere fontaine it, it wouldn't surprise me at all now one thing i don't like is that a lot of cardi b's fans from what i hear attacked mir fontaine and mir pesos and the stands um, as
1: you will you
0: know yeah yeah let me say stands yeah let me say stands cuz there's a lot of cardi b fans that could care less about anything outside the music actually a lot of the stands attacked him now so when i went to the record i will say it's doing good numbers and i'm happy to to report that the dislike bar isn't killing the likes like like yeah. there isn't a, a greater dislikes than, than likes on the song. Uh, and there were people in the comments of that song not only like f- feeling more empowered and commenting about like how much they respect mere Yeah, t- They're like mere get your money. money. Yeah, yeah. And the views are skyrocketing or whatever. Um but yeah, man, it's it's um it's interesting. Now I wanted to make a broader conversation about it. Like somebody tried to do this with Kendrick Lamar one year, I think in twenty seventeen. Around the damn era, I don't know if it was the humble record or the element record, but there was something similar, but it that guy really didn't have a leg to stand on like he didn't he didn't have I don't believe he had like a, a strong fan base at all i I think the likelihood of Kendrick or TDE hearing that record is like exceedingly low uh unless they know somebody that knows somebody that did the record but uh, I, I, uh, most of the time when I hear these allegations and I juxtapose the records and hear the main artist record and then the indie artist record, uh, I come away with saying there's not enough here. Like one bar of similarity, that's not enough. Using one word in the chorus that an indie artist used before, before the main artist, it's not enough. Um, the subject matter is usually vastly different. The production is usually vastly different. And, and that's what I usually come away with. Now I will say that there's a guy named, um, I believe it's pronounced Jace Haley. J A S E H A L E Y. And that case with Chowdish Gambino was the most convincing I've ever seen when it came to the allegations of somebody potentially taking an indie artist stuff and making a big hit out of it. So if you guys don't know, uh Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, made a huge record called This Is America don't catch you slipping uh that whole that whole thing in the video very masterful i really like that record uh and the it's one of those songs where you got to see the video to get the full impact uh and the, the message you know kind of like chadis Ch- Ch- gambino's approach was kind of like uh a chill nothing super lyrical miracle uh in fact there was a lot of chaos in the video in the background but i think it was saying that we focus on the bullshit, the dances things that that, that aren't really important uh, but Jace Haley had a song three years prior to This Is America and the subject matter, the, the beat switch up, it it sounded very similar, like more similar than it usually does when, when allegations uh, come out. And that one is the most convincing one because it was similar on a production level, subject matter level, certain lines or whatever. But I'll say this, it was different enough to me. Like Gambino's approach and Jace's approach was different because Jace was lyrically attacking uh, uh, the subject. You know, subject matter was police brutality and and this and that. But the cadence, the flow, (laughs) the subject matter, uh, it was very similar, bro. And uh, uh, to give a little history on it, uh, Fam Rothstein Ra- from Gambino's team responded to the allegations and claims that this is America uh, was stolen, and basically he said, "Hold on, hold on, because I'm on, I'm on Reddit, so there's a quote that says the internet is a place of no consequences. I hate that every Toronto academics white blogger can say something that's gospel and y'all take it. This song is three years old, and we have pro tools pro tools files to prove it. But fuck you and your moms." and your future fetuses stay blessed so this was allegedly from um yeah this is that that was a guy from gambino's team responding to that accusation so very you know very hostile very much like fuck y'all yada 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 uh jace commented on the matter himself no animosity he says he just wishes he could have gotten a a shout at it at least uh so i will say how jace handled it um as an indie artist like there's nothing worthy of hate and him saying all he wanted was a shout-out. That, that was the cool way to go about it. Now, as much yeah, as I that had... the response
1: bit- from Jack Gambino's team doesn't make him look that good. Especially especially the, the response that the artist had, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And and that's the thing, right? Imagine imagine if that was true. Imagine if Jace was taken from, right? like his idea like the, the song three years later comes out and it's the biggest hit in the industry and all you really wanted would have wanted was a shout out but instead somebody from Gambino's team is saying you know you know I hate the internet blah 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 fuck you and your fetuses um that can hurt you you know like a lot of times we talked about this before Monty. like when it's a huge, a person on YouTube or, or in any field of entertainment that has a huge fan base versus like somebody with a small fan base, like it's the person with a small fan base, even if they're quote unquote in the right, is very vulnerable. And so a lot of times it really isn't fair, especially if, I mean, imagine if the world is like, ah, no, that's fake. He didn't take your song. You're just being a hater. You're just being thirsty. You're just being that. And that's really not the reality. And so Yeah, man, the internet is like the Wild Wild West, but uh, yeah, shout out to Jace Haley. I really do like both versions of the song. I just found it interesting that it did, there was a strong similarity, and that's the most convincing type of allegation that I've heard. With the Cardi B and and, Mere Fontaine thing, um, it's kind of, I, I can't make heads or tails of it, but... Uh, I really like Bear Fontaine, and so if this if this pushes this, his music, you know, if you know if he can go on a run based off this, I would love that to happen. I would it's love. Still, Bear Fontaine it's still it's still
1: a win win if you look at it, because if if they admit that they took it, he gets a cut out of it. But still, mm-hmm. even even if nothing happens from Cardi's team, he's still getting his name out there from from the articles yeah. that are people writing, all the YouTube videos that people making about it. He's still winning, so. You know, shout out to him for ma- making this a big deal, I guess. Yep.
0: Yep, definitely. So there's that. Shout out, Mir Fontaine. Shout out, Cardi B. I wish everybody success. Uh, now, going on to possibly the, one of the lighter topics. One, one of the more, like, let me, it might not be light, but one of the more unique topics is the
1: little Uzi Vert pink diamond thing. Um, I'm going to let you lead off on this, Monty man the first time i saw this i was like what the hell is little uzi bird doing man <laughs> so apparently uh-huh. he injected himself with the diamond or not himself he had he had like expert people jewelers uh, jewelers or how, however you say that word just you know confiding with him for probably four years that's what i heard and apparently almost 30 million dollars behind it to Put a fucking pink diamond in the middle of his head, and if you see, there's a photo that's you know that's been going viral, with uh, little Uzi Vert bleeding in the middle of his head, and the pink diamond is like right on there, and little Uzi Vert tweeted that if I don't get it taken out the right way, I could die. No, seriously. So, <laughs> what do you make of this, man? This this shit sounds, this shit sounds just very on brand for little uzi bird but yeah this is taking it to the next level well
0: first off i, w- I want to say that the 24 million dollar price tag like i've heard it range from 24 million to 2 million um million anything for it is like insane right uh but
1: for dumb shit like the, one this one of though, the more this I, I don't get it
0: this is the craziest thing now
1: actually I
0: like everybody know I uh, I grew up on Wayne and uh Wayne was a rock star. He got tattoos on his face. He was one of the first. This was before the Mumble Rapper era and he got permanent diamonds in his mouth. I used to think that was uh, cool. That had a, a a a a really cool boss factor to it. The middle of the forehead thing is definitely one of the oddest things I've seen. But I take it in its totality context. Who was doing it? It is Lou Uzi Vert. And like you said, Monty, it is very much on brand with him. He's very eccentric, very much a a rock star. He was inspired by the Marilyn Mansons of the world. And um, I think it was very calculated. Like I'm not saying he didn't want this Pearson because Lou Uzi Vert says, bro, I've been getting pe- weird Pearsons, you know, my whole career. Uh, and y'all always have something to say about it um you know this is my money he kind of took the I'm richer than y'all approaching y'all talking about little old me yada 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 uh I listened to Charlamagne the God, and he said I just find it funny that so many people on the internet believe that this is really 24 million dollars uh and I'm not gonna lie I was skeptical of the 24 I don't I don't know if I heard Lil Uzi Vert I don't think I heard Lil Uzi Vert say it himself if he did I don't know but 24 million dollars on your forehead uh and it, it it looks like very snatchable too Monty like you go, I feel like if you're going to have that, like let's say you have $24 million in the middle of your head in the form of a diamond. It looks so snatchable. <laughs> it's like you're a walking lick. So that, that security got to be on a... Uh, Imagine he's in a
1: beef with another rapper and they pull up and he just takes that shit. You know, remember Infinity, Infinity War when it came to Thanos and Vision? That's what yeah. it looks like because Vision has a exactly same type of chip in his forehead and <laughs> fucking Thanos just snapped that shit and pulled it out. And he pretty much died from it. This could yeah. this could be a reenact a reenactment in real life when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I I know people making like making fun of him. It's not a person that I would ever get. Um, if I had the money or or not. Like I I, I never thought to put that in the middle of my forehead. But little Uzi Vert is a very eccentric person. He's a creative, a very unique soul, and I don't see outside of like roasting sessions like just roasting him I saw a couple of rappers roasting him and I, that's I think that's why Lil Uzi Vert responded like you know fuck y'all like I'm gonna do me I have money to do this yada 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 uh Sauce Walker being one of the ones that I saw making fun of him but uh I don't know man I think this is this is <laughs> I think this is just who Uzi Vert is uh, and honestly a lot of artists do weird shit like this for clout like mumble rappers, put tattoos on their face, dye their hair, whatever. But Uzi Vert has been successful for so long. He, he He's dominated the charts for so long. I don't think this was a calculated thing to like get attention from the internet. I'm not saying that he didn't want attention. He might've found it weird if he did it and nobody talked about it. But I think this is really who he is. And I don't know if I feel comfortable like shitting on that. Like, yo, this is Uzi Vert. He's a superstar. Uh, It's funny. It's funny looking. I don't know how safe it is. Like, apparently like you said it's been said that if you know he could die if he's not careful with with taking it out or whatever whatever I I, it might not be the safest thing I don't see it being the a very safe thing to have in the middle of your forehead but I'm not really surprised and I will say this referring back to 2018 my 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 real life respect for Lil Uzi Vert shot up when I saw him chase Rich the Kid you know an artist that raps about selling dope and doing street shit he chased Rich the Kid and had Rich the Kid run into a, a a venue of some sort. I don't know if it was a restaurant or a fucking smoke shop. I don't know. But he jumped over the counter running from Lil Uzi Vert. Now, before that, a lot of people say Lil Uzi Vert is the most non-threatening looking person ever. He's short. But, nah, man, I ain't gonna lie. That, that clip of Rich the Kid running from Lil Uzi Vert, uh, it, it was wild. And, you know, ever since then, I'm like, yo, man, Lil Uzi, like... You go, bro. Like, do your do Man, your he's thing. like
1: Rey Mysterio, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even if they're small, they could they'll come at you different ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's very much a, uh, you know, he loves his anime, and he looks like an anime character <laughs> uh, with the thing in the middle of his forehead. I, I can't remember which anime I'm thinking of, but there was somebody that had something similar looking, and they had a power from the middle of their forehead or whatever, and it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, so I don't know if it was Avatar, but... Uh, yeah, man. I don't really have too much. I don't really have too much to say. I don't know if it's twenty four million dollars though. That would be even if it's
1: not twenty four million, I, it still rubs me the wrong way. Even if it's one million dollars, mm. that you know, people mm. when you look at it uh, on the bigger scope of things, he's yep. pretty much spending money on bullshit where a lot of people are suffering. They can't even they can't even get by on on like you know, 10 ten ten k a month, and it. I mean, a ten k a year, and you know, he's yeah. spending money on. Fucking bullshit for $1 million, 24 million however it is, it's still, still rolls me the wrong ways just seeing this type of shit.
0: I, I definitely, I, I, very much get that, but that type of take, Monty, pisses a lot of people off because in their mind, it's like, bro, he earned it. Like, like how, like who, who are we? Not saying you or me personally, but like, like who are we as a people to like criticize what he spends his money on if, if he particularly own, uh, earned it? Another thing is. Who are we to say that at least privately, he doesn't put as much money or even more money into like charitable organizations, because that's on on some level, we all buy things that we don't really need, whether it's video games, whether it's a 90 inch flat screen TV, when we already have like a 30 inch flat screen TV, like depending on budgets or whatever, we all buy things that are, is bullshit at the end of the day. He just happened to buy something super extravagant and super "quote unquote" bullshit. But yeah, Machu, what do you think about that take? The fact that it's not just Lil Uzi Vert that spends money on bullshit that could have went to a starving family.
1: On on him spending money on just this, this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: but I'm saying the broader thing of like the argument that everybody spends money that on on stuff that could have went to a starving family like, like people don't really need 90 inch screen TVs when they already have a 30 inch screen TV. Like, could that be a broader critique on
1: American, the Western society? I guess that kind of puts focus on humanity as a whole, or even more of a, we keep going back to this topic with the, you know, the capitalistic society where you got to, you pretty much come from the bottom and making money is pretty much the top priority. That's I think that definitely has a motive too, you know. I definitely understand now more that you that you kind of brought that up. Where even even if we're poor, we're kind of made to spend money on bullshit pretty much. And this this he's taking it to the next level because he he probably has millions and millions of dollars just sitting there. So he's like, let me spend on this on this on this thing that I might enjoy. I don't know how you enjoy this type of stuff because it seems very painful, but it's still. I guess he. I'm, I'm, now I'm wondering what he's what he's gonna do next because he says he wants to turn himself into a diamond, pretty much whole <laughs> as a as a person. So is he gonna get like his whole body ingrained in diamond?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'm pretty sure whatever he does, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be talking about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a broader critique. Um, and you know, hey, man. Vert, like your special talent. You have a huge fan base and uh do
1: do your thing, man. Maybe that's why that's where I would bring the topic of of, you know, taxing the rich more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That
0: definitely that, that that's definitely a take. Um speaking of that though, I think that's a cool little segue into the next topic you know we're talking you just brought up taxes Mm. or whatever and uh recently I've seen a couple of videos well one main one but as of last year I saw basically conservatives particularly like Trump fans usually Trump fans trying to make music videos (laughs) like there was this a white guy uh I don't even remember his name let me let me uh open the link um his name is J360 okay J360 made a song and it's actually called Eminem, MGK, Cardi B, this. I've never heard of him. So I guess he wants his claim to fame to be something that's Eminem-like. The reason I say Eminem-like, not with subject matter. He's not, there's no link of talent that I heard in this record. Whereas Eminem, when he said, uh, Will Smith don't have to cuss in his records. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. Will Smith, <laughs> Eminem didn't have a personal thing against uh uh Eminem or anything like that, but Eminem did this people and got a lot, a lot of clout for it. But he did it very spectacularly, and uh, and this J J three sixty guy dissing Eminem, MGK, Cardi B, like I heard it. It's a six minute fucking video. let girls- me ask you this
1: though: is is this the only song you heard from him? Yeah, it's it, yeah, and man, you just you just scratched the surface because he, he has a whole bunch of other songs, not just this. This this is probably the most hip-hop-centric song he put out. All the other songs are pretty much him sucking Trump's dick. <laughs> he has a song called Rigged Election, Stop the Steal. He has another song called My Trump Song. And an, another song, uh, I don't know, some PSA song that's pretty much pretty much talking about Trump also. And it seems like he's he, he pretty much cultivated from the Trump cult and made a rap career out of it and you know the crazy thing is he's he has all these songs on all-star hip hop that's that's a pretty much a, that's pretty much a black entity so he's pretty much making money or just spending money on on this type of all-star hip hop and i don't know man it, it seems it seems messed up bro it seems it seems uh shallow
0: i wouldn't be surprised if it's half hearted he, he strikes me. Every he's every terrible, time. man.
1: If you heard, if you heard the song, he's not even on flow, and all his, all his flow, all his word pr- pronunciation is worse than me, bro. It's like terrible. He can't even, <laughs> he can't even rap. Yeah, it, it's it's it's
0: it's definitely bad. Um, I I don't like it, but he's trying to tap into that untapped market, right? Like he's like for the longest time, Trump fans didn't have an artist to listen to that. Like Trump, or whatever, so he's trying to tap into that, and yes he is paying world star extravagant extravagant amounts of money to promote his stuff, um and the dislike bar looks very unhealthy, you know <laughs> his ratio like I'm looking at the uh video on World star right now, and it's 4K likes, 4K well, four k likes four k dislike or four point five k likes four k dislikes, and um you know this isn't his channel, so it ain't like the views is directly giving him money now, I guess when covid ends we'll be able to see if he's going to actually translate this into doing shows, like seeing if a bunch of Trump fans will show up.
1: But um no way, yeah, man, like a- at least be decent. He's not even, he's just terrible. Everything, everything about him, the music video, the, the way he raps, it's just, I don't even think Trump fans are dumb enough to go, go to his shows. And I don't know, man, it, it seems like a troll almost. That's what I was saying. That's why I
0: said I think it's half-hearted. He wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't even truly believe what he's saying, type of thing. Um, it reminds me of a, a alt-right dude named Baked Alaska who suddenly started supporting Bernie Sanders out of uh, out of nowhere when Bernie Sanders started becoming more popular. Like uh, I don't know, man. There's no there's no integrity in this personally. Um, I would even respect it more if I knew for a fact that he truly believed this. Uh, but it doesn't have talent. So even if he did truly believe it, there's nothing remarkable about it. There's nothing special. It's not even mediocre. I'm not doing this to hate, like just objectively, like objectively speaking, almost I know music is subjective, but I want to say objectively speaking, this is, this is trash. Um, And he's, he's trying to gain clout. Like he would love bro. Like it would make his day year, whatever life for one of these people to actually respond to him. And Um, I think that would be, I wouldn't advise any of these artists to respond to to him, even though it would like, cause it would be one of those situations where it helps him more than hurts him. Cause more people would know about him if Eminem or MGK or Cardi B would would diss him back.
1: So, uh, I've seen a lot of people say he looks like Khabib and he definitely does man with the beard, with how he, his facial structure looks. He definitely doesn't even look, doesn't even look white to me. And it's, it's weird.
0: It is weird, but Habib and J360 should never even be in the same sentence. Just like, like there, Khabib was one of the most integral uh, pop culture figures that we've ever seen. Uh, And J360 seems very shallow, seems very half-hearted. And uh, I guess it was just a broader conversation because there was a black guy uh, that was overweight, I believe. I can't even remember this dude's name, but he was, um, he made a promo Trump campaign song now, it would be funny if Trump paid this dude to do that. I think he had like six-figure views or whatever. Uh, and, you know, we do know that b- the Biden campaign did employ rappers, specifically battle rappers. So he, uh, Joe Biden, uh, the campaign uh, at least, paid uh, a battle rapper named DNA and a battle rapper named Charlie Clips and... It got really ridiculed in the battle rap community because as we know that even though Joe Biden got the most votes ever, you know, for a person running for president, uh, he's very unpopular, especially in battle rap. So um, it wouldn't surprise me, though, that if Trump actually would pay people like this to make music because he likes he likes pop culture appeal. He likes celebrity appeal. I think that I think there's a reason he bailed out Lil Wayne and Kodak Black and yada 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 because again he likes that celebrity attention
1: but um i don't think
0: trump wants to attach
1: himself to this he, i i think he even knows this is this is not good this is bad, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. but uh
0: uh but yeah in terms of conservatives trying to rap i mean do your thing like i'm not saying that there's not rappers that can be conservative and and rap their ass off or whatever
1: but actually uh, you know Eminem kind of turned turned on the conservative people a lot over the years but Conservative Eminem is very popular with conservatives, or so just a lot of the white well, he, fan base of hip hop. He, but but that's the thing though. I think that was
0: Eminem. Eminem's conservative fan base didn't come from Eminem making pro-conservative songs. It was the fact yeah. that Eminem was like white and comes from a, a hard you know background or whatever. But even Eminem has a song called "Mosh" that was that came out I think Monty when we were in grade school, and it was a criticism of George Bush. Uh, now I'm not even conservatives criticize George Bush, but what I'm trying to yeah. say is Eminem has always been critical of conservative people or conservative politicians, and it just it, it just didn't catch on until he started dissing Donald Trump. So it wasn't I, Eminem didn't turn on conservative people; he's always been him. It just so happens that when he criticized George Bush, they didn't care, but when he criticized Trump, a lot of people did care and felt betrayed, as if he hadn't done this in the past. Like Eminem was yeah, always is a lady. different
1: beast than mm-hmm. George Bush. You know, George Bush doesn't really do anything. Yeah, he's not as memorable when it comes to, or not as charismatic. So that's why a lot of people fell for, fell for Trump in the first place. But yeah, you know, it's I would say it's a different beast. Definitely. Well, I mean, he changed
0: the face of the Republican Party. Like, yeah, it's a different. It's like a schism in the Republican Party now. It's
1: the Trump Party, and it's like the Reagan
0: conservatives. It's it's playing. I'm hearing I'm
1: hearing a lot more rumors of the Trump Patriot Party. Coming to fruition, and I think it's gonna happen, man.
0: Yeah, probably. I saw like this is a random story, but there was a a, a town in Florida that made the first week of February Trump Week. <laughs> hey, man, remember really like, this Black History people. Month. It was Black History Month, bro. Why? Why you gotta make the first week of February Trump Week, man? What? What
1: the hell? Uh, yeah, they're but, probably thinking, you know, if they can't have their month, why? Well, why can't we have at least a week? you know mm. all the black people can't have a have a have a whole month why can't the trump trump fans have a week you know the
0: the, fu- the funny thing about that is like oh why do black people get a whole month for their history Nigga, It's because other the other 11 months is y'all history though you know yeah. what i mean it's like it ain't just like before and after february it's some other ra- it's always y'all history even in february y'all still talk about history so i, I it's weird but yeah man um I I expect to see more people like J three hundred and sixty uh, and a lot more conservatives try to tap into untapped markets in hip hop and uh, well, we
1: we didn't bring him up, but do you know Tom McDonald? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually I was he's wondering... definitely he he doesn't say he's a conservative, but he's he definitely caters to that base. He's the biggest one, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely the big. And one. I'm not a big fan of him, like uh, at all. But I would say he at least. Yeah, at least raps on beat compared to this this uh, J360 person.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom McDonald's definitely one of the bigger ones and probably has enough f- fan affair to tour when COVID ends. So that's a good point, Monty. And yeah, he is more, quote-unquote, talented than J360, but, like, what is that really saying? <laughs> Monty, yeah. I, can a beat. I can give you a beat right now, bro, and you, you'll tear his ass up. Um, That's just nah, how I feel. No way, man. <laughs> no. Definitely, definitely. But, um... Uh, Okay, yeah, man, that's that. Uh, You know, on an even lighter note, man, Kodak Black. Yeah, man. So Kodak Black came out of jail skinnier than he, uh, than when he came in. Um, you know, his face is like he just looks different. Just like I don't say I don't want to say it's as radical of a change as Gucci Mane, because Gucci Mane, like Monty, if you look at before and after pictures, uh, of Gucci Mane for when he went in and when he went out, he really does look like very different. But with Kodak Black, I, all I can see is like he's skinnier and his dreads are his dreads are longer. His dreads are you know
1: yeah, and, which is great. You know, if you go to jail, coming out of skinny or just in better shape, yeah, or mental fortitude is definitely a positive. Yeah.
0: So, so they say Kodak Black is cloned. A lot of people are like, "Yo, Kodak's cloned. This isn't Kodak Black. This is somebody else." Trump is in on it. Trump, Trump freed Kodak Black after the cloning process was 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 done. And I guess the theory goes when, when somebody's cloned, they just kill the real one and then put out the fake one, the clone, and to, to fulfill some sort of nefarious plan. I never know what they, nobody can ever go as deep as what this plan is and why they would, because listen, cloning would have to be ex, a, a very expensive thing, right? It's not, it's, so if there is cutting edge technology that allows people to clone humans, I'm not talking about goat embryos. I'm not talking about pigs because there's been uh, uh, articles about, us being able to clone uh, uh, animals, but I'm talking about a full human being. Auntie, why would they not? Why, why would they spend that resource on
1: street rappers and not like I <laughs> yeah. don't know Stephen Hawking? They'll be doing it with presidents or top official figures, people who control the world first. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like not, I think, or even actors. I think actors it, before rappers. Bro, fuck
0: all, Fuck even that. How about Stephen Hawking, or like? Steve Jobs. Mm. Or like, like, you know, Stephen Hawking is a genius, right? He's, he's, he's a genius. Yeah. I would think that, oh man, he's you know he's on his deathbed. Let's take his DNA
1: and make another Stephen Hawking. I think there's... I didn't even think of that because if, if they had the cloning technology, they could create so many crazy intelligent people. Just keep, yeah. keep crunching them out. Yeah. Um, I'm not a scientist,
0: a, chemi- a chemistry guy or anything like that, but if there was a way, I don't know how long DNA can last after the, the passing of somebody, but I believe that if it did last, they would dig up Albert Einstein or something, like people that are just monsters mentally speaking. And if you could program that clone to do whatever you say, that, that would be crazy. So I think that the concept of cloning is crazy. I don't believe that the concept of cloning is impossible. I believe like, uh, bro, it's going to get to a point where humans are going to have the ca- capability to play God. I mean we've uh my man Dennis already educated me on CRISPR which you know uh could potentially allow chemists to program certain diseases like we think the coronavirus is bad but CRISPR is a bigger threat threat speaking than nuclear uh uh nuclear warfare because it's a uh, uh when it comes to nukes and different countries having them nobody's going to use them because the world would end whereas CRISPR um if 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 a terrorist group or white supremacists get their hands on it and are able to program certain viruses to just affect a certain population. Yeah, that, that would be fucked up. So my whole point is saying like, uh, fucking designer babies, CRISPR, whatever, whatever we are approaching. Humanity is approaching technology that allows us to do things that we previously only thought God could do. And I think that's crazy, but in terms of cloning yet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's a new thing that's up? been kind of the talk but not nah, not as not as much but you you heard
0: of the same. a little bit a little bit not not too much not enough to where I feel like I can have authority talking about
1: it but what what's up with it yeah it's very it's very deep and very thorough and very complicated i don't even mm-hmm. know the half of it but from the looks of it it's it's another thing just like crispr it's very that could yeah, change the world definitely i get that very scary but yep. back to the cloning thing though with especially with the Kodak thing, whoa, whoa, what do you what do you make out of the video with the no emotion Kodak? Uh, just him showing, being very stoic and almost you know they're at a club almost it looks like and they perform they're pretty much playing a song and he's supposed to quote unquote perform and he's very he sounds he looks very depressed emotionless and um, what do you I make wouldn't be that?
0: surprised if. Kodak Black has suffered uh, trauma and uh, there's this concept called Occam's razor and it's a scientific and philosophical rule that entities should not be multiplied unnecessarily which is interpreted as requiring that the simplest of competing theories be preferred to the more complex or that explanations of unknown phenomena be sought first in terms of known quantities. Uh, Putting that in layman terms because I just you know read the definition uh, basically it's a lot more likely that Trauma has to do with Kodak Black's lack of emotion. Not that he was actually cloned and he's being programmed or anything like that.
1: Um, Kodak Black had it, yeah. or not even trauma. Him being in jail for so long, a couple of years. Now he's coming back. He's like, you know, this shit, this this is ain't shit because you know he's supposed to perform just like that coming back from jail, and he's supposed to you know live it up. He probably seen some shit in jail, and now but Monty, not- that's still. Doing- he does not he definitely probably sees the world. Yeah, but the that's level, the thing.
0: It uh it still deals with trauma. But you just got more specific than me just saying trauma, right? Like jail is a traumatizing thing. Even if you don't get into no jail fights, even if you're you have perfect behavior, you come out generally changed, bro. Like, like I know people that were institutionalized. Somebody me and you personally know. I'm not gonna put his name on blast, but somebody just recently came out of jail and uh you know, coming from somebody we both know like she told me that like he's not the same um like the way he talks not not being able to sleep in a certain way that he used to and he was only in jail for like 3 months let alone you know years or whatever so uh and and Kodak Black had claimed that he was being abused by correction officers or whatever now whether somebody believes it or not uh, that's beyond me but what i'm saying is he has alleged that he ha- he was abused in jail, mistreated in jail. Now he's out, and you think he's going to just go back to like, oh yeah, you know, good old Kodak Black? No.
1: Not that- also, he probably he probably realizes everybody around him is pretty much full of shit and fake, because you know, with hip hop culture, just you know, people in general, if you're like a famous person, they attach these outside people just attach to, to yourself, and they just come, they pretty much get attracted to you, but. When you're in trouble, they're no, nowhere, they can't be found anywhere. But uh, when you're you know, living it up, they're, they're pretty much there to reap the benefits, but yeah, not there any anytime when you're suffering.
0: He, he came, bro, he probably came back to a bunch of people that didn't write him when he was in jail. Like, I hear that that hurts, bro. When I know so many people that's been, in, been, been to the prison and they come out and they're like, damn, man, I thought I had a lot of people that genuinely cared about me and I couldn't get none of them to write me one fucking letter. Uh, and that sucks because even little Wayne said little when celebrities go to prison, they read their fan mail and that shit like, like, uh, rejuvenates their spirit. But for the average motherfucker that can't get anybody except their mother to communicate with them. Yeah. That got us up. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Kodak Black had some people around him that didn't really care for his uh well-being. In fact, remember uh, the prophet J. Cole. If there's a prophet in hip hop, it's J. Cole. J. Cole said, I wish he had more guidance for real. He wished that Kodak Black had guidance for real. And if we're talking about people around Kodak Black that doesn't even have guidance for him, that lets me know or, or that rings true to that, that he might not have people that have his best interests. Therefore, if he's not there to spend money on them or you know give them girls or whatever and he's in prison and you don't know when he's going to get out, uh then yeah, they probably said fuck them with their actions. And then when he came out, they probably out of nowhere started like, yo, Kodak, what's up, man? Welcome back. I've been telling, I've been saying free Kodak every single day and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, man, it don't, it don't surprise me that he was looking robotic and without emotions. He's probably confronting a bunch of, uh, uh, personal situations that we don't know about. And I think if we're going by Occam's razor, it's much more likely that it has to do with what he went through and, and, and like you said, his personal circle, rather than him being fucking clone and a robot. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: So, that's that, man. Yeah, the clone thing is just just another crazy conspiracy theory, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we pretty much gave our take on a more, on yeah. what might be happening, but when it comes to cloning that's we're probably that that might be happening yeah. who knows man because the government keeps a lot of shit away but even even if it, it was true it would they would not be doing it with rappers who just gotta exactly just gotta be of a gym, criminal man.
0: rapper it wouldn't be somebody i don't believe with a bunch of felonies i think it'll be somebody that has the mental potential to like come up with a lot of genius shit innovative shit uh period um but yeah i hope kodak black is uh doing okay man you're still a Uh, a hip hop legend in a lot of people's eyes. I know he has a lot of history doing and saying things that are very disagreeable, such as when Nipsey Hussle died, him saying those comments about Lauren London saying, Oh, I'll give Lauren London one year to grieve over Nipsey. And then I'm going to move in like shit like that. I can understand why a lot of people don't like him, but he's still very young. uh, And I hope he gets the guidance and help that that he needs in whatever capacity, you know, we all need guidance and we all need help. Um, And yeah, I just hope he gets it.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, he did. You know, he did a lot of bad shit in the past, and I'm not a fan of that. But you know, he did spend his time in jail, so now he has a second chance to make another facts, impression on a lot of people. So facts, hopefully, he makes facts. a better impression. Um. Okay. Well, moving on from that,
0: this is basically our last topic, and a very interesting one at that. Uh, Monty, you brought it to my attention that uh, these two great creators, named Abba and Peach right? What's their name? Aben Preach. Yeah,
1: Yeah, Aben Preach. Great YouTube channel. They they give a lot of tips on a lot of different cultural issues or just a lot of, react to a lot of videos, not just, you know, regular videos, but they go in-depth, break down what's happening. Yeah, they have one million
0: subscribers, too. That's cool. Um, And you know them a lot more than I do. Like, you're more familiar with their content, but I've watched a couple of videos here and there over the past, like, year, maybe year and a half. And I've never came away like disappointed with their take. I may disagree with a couple, but I mean we're all human. I'm uh, I'm an adult enough to disagree and still respect it. You
1: should you should be, you should be yeah. disagreeing with people, man. If you're not disagreeing with people, you don't have a. You're, you're pretty much a clone. If you go back, to yeah, you're a robot. Kodak Black. You're pretty much a clone. You're not like you're supposed to disagree with a lot of things. You're not supposed yep. to agree it's with how you everything. Come away with
0: understanding. Um, and I know we've been hyping up this guest for a while. When Dennis comes on, I'm, I'm very excited because like he challenges me a lot, bro. He makes me reevaluate a lot of things that I believe in. And I love people like that being around me. Um, and I'm supposed to actually talk to him tonight. So yeah, we're going to start bringing guests on. And uh, I was going to say earlier, dude, like what are these days? You never know, but see we might bring a, a conspiracy theorist YouTuber on so I can flame his ass.
1: Nah, nah. I I would be open to it talking about you know conspiracy theorists cause you know they're they're actually genuine good conspiracy theories people, but you know it's driven by a lot of weirdos or just people who take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, to be clear, when I say flame, is asked I'm saying like respectful, like competitively speaking. If I were to have a, a a debate, not like say fuck you, you ain't shit. Like no, a lot of them are actually smart. You know, a lot of them make like uh, connections with things that in reality might not be as nefarious as they say, but a lot of them really are smart. Jay Z said it best. He said, Man, if y'all spent half the time y'all 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 if y'all spent half the time y'all spend talking about me being an Illuminati and put that energy into something else, yeah. y'all would be millionaires. Y'all would be just success- possibly just as successful as I am.
1: So I just think Hey man, but Jay Z's forgetting, man. If you're making videos about that, you're still making a lot of money. That is Make true. Getting a lot of views, so Jay Z got played, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mark Mark Dice. Being, uh, oh my God, let's not get into Mark Dice. <laughs> anyway, so the 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 video though had to do with how substances have changed the way music sounds. Um. So the eras in music that a lot of people look finally back on. You know, there were certain eras where in music. Uh, cocaine was the drug of choice and you know the the energy was there for with rock
1: music and you know heavy metal coke that was that that's a drug that's very yeah very energetic and you know rock and metal that's very hardcore very fa- fast pumping you know get your blood blood going with nowadays with hip-hop it's very with lean it's it's more laid back but still hard but not as you know, over the years you have seen hip hop kind of get more mellow, more melodic, and I think yeah, that's that's a theory where one of the one of the people in the video I think Preach, is saying that, you know, drugs have kind of influenced well, when it comes to music how it has changed over the years.
0: Yeah, yeah, um and in terms of their whole take, their claim of drugs have have an influence on music, I definitely believe that. Uh, I think, I believe Jimi Hendrix did LSD and a lot of people say that his music is like psychedelic or whatever, but um, um, but like, yeah, and Wayne has made songs about lean and they're always slowed up, like very Houston inspired, chopped and screwed. If you guys don't know about that, that's a subgenre of hip hop where they slow down. Also weed
1: too. Nowadays uh, weed is very popular.
0: Yeah, but the thing about weed though, weed is one of those drugs that doesn't have a signature sound. What I mean by that is you can have a a chill, lay back slow song, or you can have an energetic song. Like because weed is so, it's a wide range of indica's and sativas, and depending on yeah. what strain you take, it'll either have you bouncing off the walls, or what a lot of people prefer is indica, where it's just you're locked, you're you don't want to
1: move, you're just eating fucking Cheetos on the couch, a couch potato essentially. It's so still weed. more of the chill, chill, chiller drug because you know when it comes to weed, you see Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg, those. Those, those are some of the rappers that are kind of uh, put together when it comes to weed. And it's more of a chiller vibe, you know? Okay, I, I, I'll give you this. Because I'm disputing it a little bit. I, because there were
0: rock stars that were addicted to heroin. And heroin is known as a downer. But if you listen to their music, you wouldn't get that vibe, right? And then there's also Wiz Khalifa. He is defined by those chill songs. But he has some hits where they're energetic as fuck. Work hard, play hard, being yeah. one of them. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. That's more, has, you know, it's a more hype song. And I'll say this, too. Despite the fact that Wayne was addicted to uh, uh, lean, uh, despite that the, that whiz. He still goes hard. Yeah, I know yeah. what you if, mean. If, if you go to a concert, you wouldn't think that he was addicted to lean, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, like, the energy is still there. Uh, but in terms of them being in the studio, like yeah, i, I Drugs do have and probably always will have a direct influence on on music uh juice world was uh uh addicted to opiates and 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 did downers or whatever, but he's still like one of my favorite songs by him is empty and it's super energetic- like like super powerful it's dark but it's powerful and and electrifying empty I feel so goddamn empty no 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 like like it's it's hype uh so I think there's some flexibility in that statement. Mac Miller is somebody that was also addicted to drugs and some would say, Oh, those are downers, but his, his versatility in music is, is, is really unmatched. And and you ain't gotta be a Mac Miller fan to say that, yo, he's versatile as hell. And, um, so, so there's flexibility there, but drugs do have a direct, I do believe a direct correlation with how music sounds, uh, uh in the time or whatever. Um I know they reference in the video the Migos and how they have like but then again you get songs like Fight Night. And Fight Night is a hype ass song that if you play in the club people are either gonna want to fight or fucking get twerked on or whatever. So it's not all the way defined by the effects of drugs, but overall there is uh I feel like a general pattern, a general tone because um, Meek Mill took, here's a, here's another example. Meek Mill took a lot of the same uh, drugs that these new rappers are on. But if you listen to his music, it's, it's like always hype. He's always, people criticize Meek Mill for being too hype or yelling too much in the studio, even though he was taking those same drugs. So a lot of it also depends on who you are as a person, if whether you're more introverted or extroverted, or, or how much energy do you have even when you're sober, because drugs are only going to like amplify what you already do. So if you're a super high energetic person sober and you take downers, it, 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 you still might have a lot of electricity even in your music. Whereas if you're more introverted and you're more chill and you take a downer, then it's probably going to be a lot more like chill and mellow monotone or whatever like that. So I think drugs also served as, as a thing of amplifiers. It either amplifies or, um, or yeah. And it depends on quantities too. Like, like I heard with lean, there's, there's dirty Sprite where you like, there's purple drink and then there's pink. And if you, you know, if, if the drink is pink, if the Sprite is pink, that means you poured a little bit of lean in there. Uh, but you, you know, still doing your thing. Whereas if the drink is purple, that means you put a lot of lean in there. And of course the quantity is going to define the high, how you act. It's going to have you falling asleep amid conversation. So quantities, I would say, are important too. It's kind of like alcohol. A lot of people think that alcohol is a stimulant when in reality, it's a, sneaky, it's a sneaky depressant. So if you drink too much, you act, it actually is a downer. But a lot of people, at the quantity that they take, it serves as an amplifier, like it gets them hype and energized. So I think quantities do uh, play a
1: fact a part in that as well. But I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, drugs are very complicated because it is uh, we're just you know talking about it as a as a substance, but they do come from science if you look at it. So yeah, it, it is it is very complicated. But I kind of open it up, uh, it open it up even more because we're talking about actual substances. But I saw another take that you know. We have a substance now, and it's social media. And you know, it's not a it's not a drug code and code, but in a way, it is a drug. And I think uh, I think that also has a lot to do with how music changes over the years. Because I know I've seen a lot of take that nowadays is is mostly artists following trends and what's hot right now. And I saw another another take that that's why we don't really see a lot of music that is timeless nowadays because, you know, we still have our Kendrick Lamars or J. Cole, but on a, on a wider aspect, we don't really have music that we might go back and listen to over the years when it comes to a lot of the mainstream artists. And do you think that's true? Because do you think we'll be listening to people like Uzi Vert or, you know, to 21 Savage or Post Malone even? Do you think uh, nowadays, are we going to be listening to, you know, with the mainstream scene today, you think it's yeah. timeless as is it really timeless as you know previous generations where we're going to be listening to you know decades and decades to come. Um, I, I actually
0: yeah I do believe there's timeless music, um, that that we're going to be listening to thirty years from now. Matter of fact, a lot of people are like oh no the timelessness of other eras are a lot more potent and a lot more uh, apparent than the, the current generation. But I think. Like, if the 90s were the golden era, I always say this is the platinum era. And uh, yeah, bro, I, I really do. I, I genuinely do believe in 10, 20, 30 years, the music will be just as timeless just by the sheer amount of it. You might have to dig a little bit deeper, uh, but nah, man, I, I, I do believe that. And what people also fail to mention, Monty, is we look at the history with, with Rose tinted glasses, you know, nostalgia and stuff like that. But in, in those eras, Vince, Vince Staples talked about this. In those eras that people swear is like the greatest era, they had a lot of bullshit music too. They had a lot of bullshit music. They just don't remember. <laughs> they, don't, they don't remember those songs. But if I pulled up those corny, you know, one hit radio records, it'll make people cringe. From that era, it will make them cringe. But they choose to remember. Well, not them. even
1: that. I would say there's so much music from back in the day, that's not as timeless because people are not listening unless you deep dive, deep dive into it. Because there's like so many, you know, even the genre funk, it's not, people are not really listening to it nowadays. It's not really timeless. Even though it was musically great and created in a way where, you know, it's not cringe or bad in, in any sense, I wouldn't say it's timeless back in the day. So I definitely see your point. A lot of music, I think we can't really tell. Unless we live in the future, because we can't really tell what, what the people are going to be bumping in a couple of years and all or, or the songs that people are going to look back and say, "Yo, this shit was great. You know, I still listen to it nowadays because I feel like when it comes to a lot of the timeless music, what are some of the music that you think are type of genres that people still listen to that are back from maybe 90s, 80s or even 50s, 40s? What are some of the genres that are still like that? I can't really it's hard to think about that right um it is until you like i feel like it depends on who you're around bro because
0: like if you listen if you hang out with my dad who's living in florida right now you're gonna you're gonna have a cultural experience a blast from the past uh his usually goes with, with uh 80s r&b um old old school r&b um and a lot of old school like older black people will bang old school R&B. So that's the first thing that comes to mind because of who I know. But if you go to like, I don't know, my white friend's dad or granddad, they're going to play old school rock and roll. Or some people have country. Like there's this uh, white lady that I know, Megan, and her mom always plays this fucking 60s and 70s country music. And you can't tell her that that shit ain't timeless. But in terms of like the most popular the the most popular that I, that I hear again I gotta say old school R and B bro people love their old school R and B the Osley brothers uh, um, I don't know I don't really bump old school R and B that much so I'm, I don't have like a list of names but old school R and B I think is is the most popular matter of fact you know why I say that also was because I think a good hint as to what what's the most popular in timeless type of older school genre or whatever is what current day artists are
1: are uh, sampling sampling yeah 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 yeah. yeah, i was gonna say that too Yeah, that's that's perfect yeah and they always because you know nina simone those type of a lot of the older soul singers man i think those are some of the most timeless type of music that i hear because it's still it still sounds amazing nowadays man even the quality isn't as the best it just sounds beautiful definitely man there's something about soul
0: like i believe that there's singers that can sing their ass off but don't have quote-unquote soul in their vocals yeah. and, uh, but that's subjective though that's hella subjective so I'm not gonna play like
1: it ain't but yeah um yeah. I would it's say it's easier to say what artists would be more timeless than a genre because you know when it comes to Michael Jackson he's definitely going to be timeless but with the genres it's hard to say yeah
0: yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm I'm a still say well I feel like one way to measure that is like the amount of artists that comes from a certain genre, right? So like there's probably timeless old school artists from every single genre, but which ones have have the, the most that people go back to? And old school R and B,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: always has like a lit, like it's always a playlist of old school R and B artists that people love. It ain't just one, it ain't just two. Whereas with other genres from people that I know, it's always like one or two or whatever. But yeah, I will say genres are harder than actual artists because a lot of the artists that we reference transcends genres in the first place. Yeah, Uh, a lot of people,
1: you know, like Johnny Cash, Metallica, Michael Jeff, just people like that. You know, you don't really associate them with the genres pretty much if you mention their name people know cuz they're they're they are at a different popularity or even a different timeless level when it comes to genre so it's is yeah it's a very complicated topic so but i think i have an idea for you know another time we could definitely discuss what artists from this era could be timeless like like an artist from this era that you could see uh, you know people in decades and decades later on listening i think that'd be That'd be a dope topic to go over for the listeners and you know for us. Yeah, and these are some of my favorite episodes,
0: discussion pieces. Like analyzing current day news is fun and all that, but I love using them as like a, a jumping board, like a like a trampoline into broader subjects. Like that's yeah. that's my bread and butter. That's my cup and, cup of tea, and that's why I can't wait until we start um bringing more people on with different perspectives from different fields. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, Monty, that's a great idea, a great a great discussion piece.
1: I already have a name in mind and I feel like that's a name that you would have on your list too, if it were to, you know, if you were to put it out. Yeah. But I don't want to say that name, man, but I think, I think, I think I know, I definitely know you're going to put that name also. I'm
0: not going to lie, man. I love, I love that when we do stuff like that, we always have similar uh, takes or names like there's synergy there. And um, I, yeah, gotta love it. So I'm looking forward to that. But um with that being said, moving on to you know wrapping it up, like we always do, how we always do. Um, uh, and one of my favorite things about this podcast is like what piece of media have you been absolutely in love with or just interested by in this past week, Monty?
1: Uh what would you say uh if you were to go first, uh what would you say uh your media that you consumed over there for so the past week? I'm very I'm very, I'm very conflicted
0: about this, man, because I can't Feel like I'll be disrespectful if I said anything else,
1: but I don't want to spoil shit for niggas. But uh, let me guess—is it Attack on Titan? You fucking right. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard. I heard some talking about that, but you know, Absolutely. you definitely talk about me when you're talking about spoiling because I haven't caught up with that.
0: Yeah, so I, there's all I can say, bro. It's just like it's really trying to knock on Hunter Hunter's door. If y'all don't know me, my favorite anime of all time is Hunter Hunter. But bro, Attack on Titan has an advantage because. Oh my God, just the growth of the show. This ain't spoilers. If you go to season one and watch current season four, you're like, bro, how is this the same show? The artist got better as he was making the show. And one thing that's different from all these other niggas is that like, uh, he knew when he started the story, he knew how it was gonna end. A lot of these guys have a, a thing where they create the manga and they just kind of go with the flow. Like Dragon Ball Z was one of those ones. When, when uh, uh Toriyama, was it Toriyama? I think it's that Kiritoriyama started uh, writing Dragon Ball. He didn't know it was ever going to be a Super Saiyan. He didn't know there was ever going to be a, fil- a villain called Frieza. He didn't know Goku was going to grow up and have a son. It started off as a, a venture show, but the creator of Attack on Titan even though it's one of the biggest anime properties ever, he's ending it. Matter of fact, I believe it already ended in the manga. And this is the final season. You don't get shit like that. And and, and, and the, the seasons just get better and better. Like it, it, the, the season one starts with more of a horror vibe. Like, yo, this there's this almost like nihilistic vibe to it. Everybody's yeah. dying. There, the, and it's like a, 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 a unconquerable threat. Like you, this threat is just impossible. But then you go season two and you find out, oh, there's more to this than just, fucking mindless monsters and that was my first critique of attack on titan i'm like i've never loved zombie stories monty and if you really look at the the titans they're just kind of oversized zombies they work literally the same way as zombies do and i never like zombies and uh but this is different. This is absolutely different. It's, it's genius, and it's knocking on Hunter Hunter's door. It's definitely number two of all time, and it hasn't even ended yet, and I will say this. I was hella nervous because there was a time skip between season three and season four, and Dennis told me two years ago that um, he stopped reading Attack on Titan after the time skip. Like he, he really liked it up until they skipped time, and I was nervous, bro, and Attack on, uh, Attack on Titan season four is when they start the time skip, so I'm like, yo, I respect Dennis' taste in anime. So if he dropped the fucking show at its like climb, c- you know, uh, highest peak after the time skip, then am I going like, to get upset at this? But I'm not, bro. And I t- told Dennis, I'm like, here's a possibility. I know you dropped off after the manga, but there is a chance that you actually watch the show and you love it. And Dennis said, yeah, you're right. If there is a possibility that with, with anime, with the animation, I might actually fuck with it uh because the manga is just a different medium it's a different experience altogether I tried reading the manga I didn't I'm not the biggest you know manga reader so I I, I stopped but as far as the show as far as the animation and that's another thing Monty there are some critiques about Attack on Titan Season 4 animation in comparison to the third, because if you looked at anything of the third season, the animation was top tier, right? Uh, but we're not going to get into that. We're, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, catch up one of these days, Monty, and we'll talk about Attack on Titan Season
1: 4 animation But in terms of subject man, matter. I can't I- wait. I can't wait to binge it, man. But how many episodes left? Because once it ends, that's when I'm going to be binging it. Well, that, that's 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 the
0: that's the idea. Uh, it's uh, Attack, on Titan, Attack on Titan seasons have kind of been confusing because the first season was 24 episodes. The second season was 12 episodes. The third season was 24 episodes, but it was split into part one and part two. And I believe this will probably be a part one. So season four, part one might end at 12 episodes. Right now they're on episode nine. I think, I think the next episode will be episode 10. And then they might do a second part. Or, Monty, I could be wrong. You can go to, all the way to 24 episodes. But... So, yeah, you're probably looking at, like, 15 episodes left, 16 episodes left. So I might have instant. to
1: do it once they wrap up the first half of the season, because it seems like it's too hype, man, and I don't want anything spoiled, because, you know, sometimes when you wait so long, things get uh, tend to get spoiled, especially Bro, for, like, such got, a big show as Attack on Titan.
0: I got spoiled, Monty, and I was so pissed, because, like, here's the thing, and I'm not about to spoil it, because I'm not going to do to you what they did to me, but when i buy a new video game when i'm excited about a new property i like to discuss it matter of fact i was going to tweet yesterday that i need more anime fans because i don't have enough anime friends to discuss this with like i'm talking to dennis tonight but outside of him i can't really talk with nobody like about hunter i got i I got an anime friend and it's
1: crazy because you and him have the almost the same taste when it comes to anime his favorite anime is uh you know hunter hunter and hunter is definitely on there uh, also, Berserk is on there, and okay. now he's t- living it, uh He's talking about Attack on Titan, how good it is, and also a lot of other animes. Uh, I'm probably, uh, you know, probably missing a lot of the names of some of the animes he's talking about. But he definitely has uh, the same taste as you, and you might have to talk to him, man. Bro, one of the biggest things about Game of Thrones season eight, whether you liked it or
0: hated it, or just se- any season, was the fact that you had to wait a week. Like, like, I know, Monty, like, you're the type to, like, wait until the whole thing's done. But a big part of it is, like, theorizing of what's going to happen next, right? Like, like, and discussing it with somebody. Like, imagine loving Game of Thrones, but you're the only person that you know that likes it. So it's like, bro, this is so great, but I have nothing to do. Dis- I can't discuss characters that I love or hate with anybody. And that's kind of how I feel right now outside of Dennis. So I'm going to start tweeting, hey. I, I I'm trying to have anime discussions with with people that are really that
1: really love this shit like yeah. I do. Um, you should definitely go on Reddit, man. Reddit is where the, all the people are discussing. They have like almost tens of thousands of comments just talking, just discussing everything. Right,
0: right. I get. It's, I it's mean,
1: great. I'm big. I love Reddit. Uh, like Reddit is cool. Like I,
0: I'm more of like a watcher, not typer. When I go to Reddit, but I like long forum conversation. I'm not really a typer. You know, you know that Monty. You know that about me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think it's an invaluable resource, though. I think it's really cool to see the back and forths or, or and stuff like that. So, yeah, man. But yeah, Attack on Titan four. That's all I got to say. No said. One of the greatest shows of all time. Blah 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 blah. All right, your turn.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that though, like talking about shows that just come out when something big happens that i feel that because especially now you know with uh mcu the marvel universe they have a show going on right now on disney plus is the wandavision show show where they have it's, it's like a huge show that almost every episode something big happens but you know this show was different because a lot of people thought it wasn't gonna be as big or they're not gonna reveal or expand on the universe uh when it comes to this show because it's more of a smaller show instead of a a lot of the movies that we get with the MCU, with WandaVision though, and with the latest episode, I was gonna binge it too, man. I was gonna wait it out, but you know sometimes something big happens, and I, I actually thank thankfully Ivan got spoiled, but a lot of people are hyping it up, so I was like, you know what? Let me catch up, see what's going on. And this episode was crazy, where I can't spoil it either, man, because it's gonna spoil. It's like a big thing that they that they reveal that pretty much changes how you look at the universe, and what's to come in the future, because they're introducing something that a lot of fans kind of want, but they don't really think is going to happen, and they kind of did that with uh, this episode on episode 5 of WandaVision, and I can't really spoil it, man, but it's so good if you're if, if you into the MCU, the Marvel Universe, and uh, the, the reveal pretty much shook up the universe and just got people talking to what's to come, and and I'm looking forward to what's to come. But that's actually not what I'm going to, the the topic that I was going to talk about. Because it's something different. And I saw this movie on Netflix. It's called The Forest of Love. It's a Japanese movie. And it's made by a director who's known to make a lot of weird type movies. And, man, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Because <laughs> have you ever watched a movie or a show or just anything fictional? That you think, man, this cannot be. This cannot happen in real life. This is so ridiculous. This is so unbelievable. Have you ever seen anything like that? Um, so ridiculous, so unbelievable. Uh, yeah, 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 a couple of times. It, it, ta- it takes a lot though. I got high standards. Man, this is definitely it. This that, this that type of movie where it's like, bro, these characters are so fucking stupid. This cannot be real. But to mm-hmm. the surprise of me, after this fucking movie ended, I find out this is based or inspired by a real-life serial killer. And I was like, bro, this, this is insane. Because in the movie, this main character, his name is Joe Marotta, is a he's apparently like a con man or a person that just gets into people's lives or seduce, uh, seduces mistresses and just gets into people's families and just destroys them from within just... I don't know, I don't know how he does it. He just manipulates them to do things that you can you can't even think of. He manipulates people to fucking steal, murder, or just just cause chaos. And apparently this is based on a real-life serial killer from Japan back in the 1990s mm. who did almost the same thing. And I, bro, this this serial killer makes the night stalker look normal. And it's insane, man. Let me, let, is, me, uh, let me give you a description of one crime that he did, like, or assumed to be have done, because he actually got caught, and he, he was actually supposed to get the death penalty, but he's still in jail alive. But one of his crimes was he apparently kidnapped a woman and kept her in, pres- uh, in prison in his apartment for years and years, and apparently he also kidnapped the dad of the girl and made the girl give oral sex to the father and bite his penis off oh my and, god oh and my after god. that he took the father and boiled him alive and took all his skin all his skin off and oh. pretty much that's just the description of one of his crimes also he killed older people he killed kids oh my god you don't even you don't even you don't even want to hear what he did to the kids yeah. man this shit is no, insane I bro Wow, and wow. I actually have a video I, I could send it to you man uh, some detailing some of the crimes he did and I was like I was just so surprised that this is actually real man and to think that people actually people actually you know fell for his man- manipulation to do such thing because he actually manipulated a woman to kill her own family and just pretty much kill her sister and all this shit and it's pretty insane man How how some of the things he did and Man, I'm telling you, man, if you check out the video, you'll be like, man, Night Stalker got nothing on this dude, man. That's crazy, bro. Some somebody that can make fucking the
0: Night Stalker look like a church mouse? That's wild. Um Yeah, man. Uh I might I might check that out. It it seems dis- disturbing as hell. But yeah, you know, I want watch the on- movie, man. The
1: the movie is just I don't even know what, what the fuck I watched because, you know, uh, there's like it's it's funny at parts. It's weird at parts. Is is disturbing at parts. Is the like people chopping up dead bodies and it's it's just, it's just all over the place. But you know it's still I, I, I just could not stop looking at it, man. It's that type of movie <laughs> where it's just it makes no sense, but you just keep watching. Damn, it's just compelling. Okay, yeah. I get that. You should that. check I out that. the video. There's a video I, I linked. I definitely will send it to you. Talking about the serial killer that this movie is based mm-hmm. off. His name is. Futoshi Ma I think that's how you say his name. But man, okay. he definitely—he should definitely, you know, watch this video and find out some of the shit he did. Cause oh my god, it's brutal, man.
0: Okay, bro, I'm gonna definitely—I'm gonna definitely check that out, man. But man, this was a hell of an episode, episode 17. This is one of those ones for me, personally, and uh, I'm looking forward to episode 18. You know what I mean? I, I, I like how yeah, man, how things are coming together.
1: You'll yeah, we'll be back with more topics, man, because, you know, always there's never anything short to talk about, because even when we're liking the topics, man, there's always something that comes up and we'll see yeah. what, what next week brings.
0: Yep. Yep. And if you guys have any ideas, topics, questions or just want to say, hey, you can email us at the at gmail.com. Uh, I'd like to shout out uh, Fernie as well. He's the editor of our YouTube videos, and uh, that's something that we care about as well um and you know we're starting from scratch starting small but uh that's how i like it and uh yeah check us out um i'd love to see you guys next week and if, if you listen to this whole thing shout outs to you man like that's that's what's up i'm i'm, I'm very humbled by that uh yeah Mon- monty is there anything else
1: i think we covered that but yeah man we actually it, it's it's wild to think about that people actually listen man because we're getting like almost you know 10, 20 downloads every week. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> you know, downloads word, are word. different than listeners, so that is pretty. That's exactly. pretty interesting.
0: For somebody to take the time to sit down and download it, like that, that's that's amazing. And you know, it isn't like we go super hard on like promo. We don't pay for Facebook ads or anything like that. We just kind of throw it up there. And uh, this is this is something that we like doing outside of the podcast. We we like to we like to discuss stuff. So this is nothing to us. Um, but we we're, we're just glad you guys like it. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Episode 17 is in the books. One for the books. Peace out.